Many years ago, each time either this is read in church or I come across myself, I just begin to get angry with the authors of the Bible for wasting the precious pages. Instead of writing other things, they are busy compiling names of their father of, their father of, their father of. I say, what moral lesson is he teaching me now? You know? Well, as the Bible says, when you are a child, you talk like a child. But when you are matured, you now talk like a matured person. And as time went on, it began to make sense to me. God began to teach me a lot of things through this. First of all, is to prove that Jesus did not just fly from the air. Jesus had a family lineage. So Jesus was truly a man. So this was to prove that Jesus was truly a man. And he came from a legitimate family. Because for him to exercise his role as the king's man's redeemer, to be our redeemer, he must be one and part of us. And he must be captured within the ambience of the human family. That was gives him legality to be able to carry out his mission as the Messiah, as the Redeemer, as the one who will redeem humanity from darkness. If he doesn't have that, even though he's God, he is violating the law of his own principle. No spirit has right to operate on earth except through human beings, legitimate human beings. This is one of the truths of the gospel that we must understand. And that's why when strange spirits come to harass you, if you understand this truth, you can harass them back and say, no, you have no right to come and do things around me. You don't need a priest. You don't need a demon caster to come and tell you to tell the devil to go. You don't need to be scared because you are the master of the system. You are the only one God gave legitimacy to exist on earth. Every other spirit that are coming and operating, they are what? Illegal occupants. But as man fell, man lost that consciousness. But in Christ, it has been restored. Those who believe in me, in my name, they shall cast out demons. Okay. Then the second point about this genealogy of Jesus Christ is to explain to us the essence of marriage. You know, there have been arguments that marriage is for companionship, that God said it's not good for man to be alone. On account of that, he made him a helpmate. So, first of all, marriage is for companionship. Then secondly, marriage is for procreation. Increase and multiply. Very true. But we have what we call the, the lesser truth and the greater truth. Anytime you see Jesus speaking, he will see he will always teach in parables. These are called the lesser truths. But whenever he wants to communicate the greater truth, he will say, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he is speaking from the office as God. Whether you understand it or not, he is speaking to you as God. Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
I tell you solemnly. Very powerful. And so the wise ones who are Christians will go and mark those words. Anywhere they are in their scriptures and they come across it, they go and mark it and copy it out. And they meditate on it. That one is not negotiable. It is spoken from the courtroom of heaven. It's the decree, the divine decree. You don't need to pray about it. You have to just believe it and walk in it. The devil cannot push you out of it. But these are realities that many don't understand. So now, it's a lesser truth to say marriage is for companionship. Companionship for what? Just to be seeing your, your, your wife or your husband and that, that's all. No! It's a companionship that is drawn from the Trinity. It's like the lesser dimension of the Holy Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, it comes to the family. The father, the mother, and the children. So, for family to truly understand its mission, we need to go back to the prototype. What is happening within the Holy Trinity? What type of companionship are they enjoying? Is that type of companionship our own type of companionship? That will be a lesson for another day. I want to just prove a point with this uh, genealogy. Which is what? Increase and multiply. Is this just to increase and multiply in number? No. Marriage is a system through which God transfers heritages. Spiritual heritages from generation to generation. And our forefathers, Joseph, Jacob, Abraham, all of them, they understood that. They understood that. Like when they are giving birth to a child, they don't just assess the child based on his qualification in school, uh, he's a doctor, he's an engineer, and all that. No. They look at this child, what grace is he carrying? So you will see in those days, they study their children to understand the position they carry in the spirit. Because every child that comes is on a mission. And the essence of fatherhood is to father that child, train him to be able to carry out his heavenly assignment on earth here. I will follow you now. Very important. And so that's why in the, in the first reading, you see Jacob when he was praying. He said in those days, Jacob called his sons and said, Assemble and hear, O sons of Jacob, and hearken to Israel your father. Judah, you know, he, he, he spoke to all of them. He spoke to all his 12 children. He told the rabbi Reuben, he said, you are unstable as water. He cast him because he failed in one area. But as, as for Judah, he said, Judah, your brother shall praise you. And your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. He was seeing the lineage of Judah. What is going to happen? Your father's son shall bow down to you. Judah is the lion's whelp. From the gray, from the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stooped down. He looked as a lion and as a lioness who draws, rouse him up. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from the, between his feet, until he comes to whom he belongs, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. 
uh, Jacob was already speaking about Christ. He saw it in Judah. What are you saying about your children? Abraham knew that his son Isaac shall be a father of many nations. Check all of the scriptures. They all knew their children by the Spirit. But what has the world taught us to be today? We raise our children. It is the type of school they attend, the type of job they get. That is what we call success. But to trace them in the Spirit and know who that child is in the Spirit, we lack that discernment. What can you say about your son? What can you say about your daughters? What can you say? What heritage are you transferring? God, give me time to transfer with your heritage. So the Lord began to teach me that these are some of the you know, ancient spiritual you know, realities that have been lost over the years. And so Christians today don't even think about the type of children they produce. And even when God blesses them with children, they don't even know the grace that child carries. So what are they fathering? What are they mothering? Are we together here? What spiritual training are you giving your children? Because until you know who they are spiritually, you cannot train them in that direction. <laughs> so you do what they call mobile jumbo. Oh yeah, all of them. Same content, same bottle, same crate, same vehicle. Oh yeah, everybody continue. If you succeed in finding yourself where you are, good. Some of us, by God's grace, we're able to find our own direction. <laughs> And even our parents, who are supposed to father us in that dimension, even resisted us. And we continue. How many have been wasted doing the wrong thing in their lives? So it's very important that we understand that. And if we decide to humble ourselves and seek the face of God, God can still show you who the child or the children has given to you, who they are. Monica knew that her son, Augustine, was a blessed child. And that's why she battled to make sure that the son comes back to what? To alignment. So this genealogy is teaching us a lesson and asking us, how have you fathered your children? You can see the way the genealogy continues. Each of the fathers played their role. And they did the needful. They kept transferring that grace from generation to generation. How many generations? The first one was what? 14 generations. The second one was what? 14. The third is what? 14. A generation is how many years? Hmm? Yeah? Assignment. So tomorrow, you tell me. I won't tell you. So go and find out. What is the generation? Now we have 14 generations, 14 generations, 14 generations. I want to get how many now? Eh? 42 generations. So go and find out what is a generation. So can I multiply it out and know how many years from Abraham to Joseph? How many years they were able to transfer this grace and they sustained it? 
These men need to be honored. That's why their name has entered the book of life. They maintain and sustain divine heritage from generation to generation. We pray at this mass for understanding and for wisdom to understand that while we're on earth here, we're not only playing earthly role, we're equally playing heavenly role. And until we understand the heavenly role, our relevance in God will still be very, very shabby. May God help us through Christ our Lord.